What's going on, everyone? Welcome to this week's episode of a small scoop of sports podcast. Today, we're coming at you with the NFL flavor small scoop of sports. I am your co-host, Chris Molina. Join with me today is your co-host, Jairo Gutierrez. Jairo, say what's up to the people. Yes, sir. What's good, Chris? What's up, everybody? Welcome to, like Chris said, another week of a small scoop of sports podcast. Today, all NFL, seeing how we did in what was it, Chris? In some fantasy, in our picks, all this good stuff, man. The the season's getting quite interesting. And as always, just want to give everyone a reminder of where you can find this podcast. Be it on Facebook and Twitter, both at Small Scoop Sport. And again, we really appreciate anybody that gives us, you know, a, a share, a retweet, a retweet, not a retreat. Sorry, it's October. But, <laughs> don't uh, retreat. Uh, uh, don't retreat us, please. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, man, we appreciate it. And, you know, that's one of the best ways that we can keep doing this podcast, you know, week after week. So uh, thank you very much. And Chris, how are you doing today, man? You ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready to go. It was a good morning. The Sooners uh, stuck it to West Virginia, 52 to 14. So it was a good way to start the day. I saw that, man. The, the, the boy Jalen Hurts is coming through. Don't you, what was it? Three TDs in the air, two, two rushing, I believe, something like that. Yeah, he had five touchdowns and he had one incompletion. My <laughs> goodness, dude. Yeah, this dude, what do you think? Really quick, since I guess we already touched on it. Are you, you know, are you pretty optimistic about that, uh, that final four? What are, you, what are you kind of thinking right now? Yeah, um, with the Sooner schedule, it's not, it hasn't been the best like uh, in years previous where we had Ohio State. But since we beat Texas, I think that as long as we keep doing our thing, the only thing standing between us and the Final Four is that Big 12 championship. So uh, it'll be close. It'll be close. Hurts, hurts. yeah, one incompletion. And that one incompletion, he hit the receiver in the chest and it bounced off. <laughs> <laughs> so technically, he could have been perfect. <laughs> Yeah, you could have. That would have been crazy. Well, all right. We started with some college football, but let's transition into the NFL. Today we have the best and worst performers of the week, the race to be the NFL's best and worst teams, and some more predictions for NFL Week 17. But first, let's kick it off with some fantasy football. Haido, how did you do last week? So another week, man, it's getting, like I said, getting interesting after six. You start seeing those teams that are separating from being the playoff teams to being completely out. Um, I'll start in your league. So for week six, I ended up getting a close, close W. I ended up winning 93 to 88. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the dude that I'm playing with, that's what I'm saying. He is now 0-6. So he's done. I'm actually at 4-2 and in your league. So it's looking good, bro. And um, my top performers this week were Dak Prescott, which every week I update you guys, him and A-Rod actually both had 18 this week, 18 points. So it was it was pretty much a push. So I, I had Dak, Devontae Freeman with 26 and then um, Alvin Kamara and Kenyon Drake both had 13. So it was interesting. And as we know, for this upcoming week, Alvin Kamara is out. So that'll be, um, you know, a pretty big blow, I would say, Chris, to my team. We'll see how we can kind of recover. Now going to my league, um, I had a, a pretty tough battle. I ended up losing 120 to 109. And that drops me now to 3-3 three and three in my league. So uh, I am 4-2 and two in yours, 3-3 three and three in mine. I'm right there, bro. I, it, you know, it's it's a close one. It's it's uh, gonna be a good, you know, rundown these last what is it? Probably six weeks or so. Um, and my yeah. top performers were also Dak, 
um, David Johnson, and then Leonard Fournette, man. So it's looking quite interesting, Chris. I'm three and three, four and two. What about you, man? How are you looking in our two weeks? So we'll start with my league as well. I won last week in a close battle. I also had a five-point win, same as you. It was 114 to 109. My three top performers were Chris Carson with 25, Run CMC 21, and then Mike Evans with 20. So that puts me at four and two as well. This week, though, this week for me is interesting. I wanted to bring this up because I am without McCaffrey and Mike Evans in this league. Damn, dude, that's a big one, especially, I would say, obviously, more than anything, um, McCaffrey. Mike Evans, don't get me wrong, he's played well, and as we know, he had almost that 50-point outburst like two, three weeks ago, but, dude, McCaffrey has been automatic, bro. I was actually going to bring that up, like, your pick with that was just amazing, you know what I'm saying? So, it's like, it's tough, dude. How are you kind of replacing that, or what are you looking to, to do for the week? Did you pick anybody up or anything? I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm I'm very uh, glad that McCaffrey is kind of backing up what I was saying during the offseason. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I'm starting carry on in his place. And then in the flex, I'm actually rolling with two tight ends. I'm rolling with Mark Andrews and Darren. I am the walrus. Damn, well, dude. That's well, actually interesting. <laughs> yeah. But thankfully, I have the uh, Chiefs defense um, that I played this week for Thursday night, and they scored 23 points. Damn. When you get a defense, yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> you, you pretty much got two performers right there, dude. Out of out of the the defense, in a way, especially for the way defense is scored. So that's solid. Yeah, yeah. So it, they came up clutch for me without Christian McCaffrey. We'll see. The dude I'm playing is also four and two. There's actually seven of us that are four and two right now in my league and only six playoff spots. So it's, I was looking, it's gonna be wild. Dude, it's tough. I was like, I'm four and two. I should be looking good. And actually, as of now, I believe let me see, I'm third in my division. So I'm four and two. But yeah, four and two, four and two, four and the top four. So in the two, how you, how you have it split with two, dude, it's four of us at four and two, and the other two are 0 and six. So we are going <laughs> to battle it out, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like those two are completely dumb. And then in your side, three of you, four and two, and two are three and three. What the hell? We have a yeah, battle, bro. Yeah, it is a battle. So like, I was thinking the same thing you were. I was like, oh, I'm four and two. I should be cherry. I should be like, you know, around three or four exactly. seed right now. But I'm the sixth seed right now. And the seven seed only has nine less points than me. So uh, you're the four seed right now with a little more points than me. But yeah, uh, between three and seven are all tied and it's coming down to points as of right now. So we'll see how Mm -hmm. that goes. Definitely. Then uh, transitioning to your league, I had an excellent week six in your league. I won 162 to 112. Uh, my top performer of the week was Stefan Diggs. He had 43 points, and then I got a solid day from my kicker, 13. My defense, 10. Nick Chubb at 28. McCaffrey at 21, and Kyler Murray at 28. So it was it was awesome. all around all, all around performance, bro. Yeah, the the recap on the NFL.com says Charlie McDennis spanks the Green Bowl Green Bowl Packers. So shout out. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out boys, I appreciate you. <laughs> and this week I'm dealing with the same problem with McCaffrey though and I also have Chubb on by too, so I have Chubb and McCaffrey on by. Man, so so the, dude, is this is the bye weekend pretty much, right? Would you say? Yeah, yeah, it's once I get this, it's after this it's home it's the home stretch, so 
you know, I have to start mixing this week. David Montgomery, unfortunately. Um, hopefully, Wal- Darren Waller and Kyler Murray will kind of guide my team to victory. Plus, the Niners are playing the Redskins, so my defense could get me big 10 points. Shout out. Go. Shout out to who I'm playing, though. He's one in five. Um, right now, his lineup has Odell Beckham on by, Greg Olson on by, Chris Thompson is out. So hopefully, hey, maybe he won't check. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> it's an easy W. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's both of our leagues. I moved to three and three in that league. So I'm back where I was before uh, our battle last week in which you took me down. And uh, now that we're kind of about halfway through the regular season for fantasy, um, the playoffs start in about seven weeks. So, Haido, if you can make one trade in both leagues, who would you try and get? Who would you be trying, willing to give up and why? Yeah, so um, in your league, dude, the, the biggest, I would say, you know, situation, I guess, the, the position that I'm lacking in, or at least that I feel that I would like to get, and I made a move for him, so I want to see how yeah, it works nice out. Now. Yeah, yeah. So, actually, it was the tight end position. So, I have, I feel, you know, two great receivers in Keenan Allen and Amari Cooper. They played very well. Javante Freeman has been coming through. And then I have Alvin Kamara. Obviously, he's out this week. But that makes me feel pretty good. My tight end position, dude, before this. Um, and I picked up Evan Ingram. So, everyone, I picked him up off the wire. I know Chris and I were both um, on the wire yeah. for him. I just happen to be in a better um, wa- waiver wire pickup position than Chris. So I ended up picking him up. Now that makes me feel much better. Um, and again, it's going to depend on to see on if he could stay healthy, but I think he should be a, a great pickup. Other than Especially that, though, this dude, week. Exactly, dude. Looking against Arizona, dude, and then Saquon's back. So I think, I mean, it should be, <laughs> it should be good. We'll see. But that's why I would have wanted to trade for Chris is it, one of the elite, elite, um, you know, tight ends, be it uh, Kittle, of course, um earths and no doubt kelsey dude that would be probably my top three and i would be open to trading either of my tight ends which of course as of right now delaney walker hasn't been great and now i have ingram for the first week um and then maybe like a qb dude maybe either dak and a rod honestly i'm only using one anyway so that's where i would go in my league now i'm sorry in your league um, and yeah, and in my league, Chris, um, the, the positions that are weakest also tight end. So I have Jason Witten right now on OJ Howard. Neither of them are horrible, dude, but neither of them are great. So I would want to trade um, and I would be willing to trade, dude, actually one of my big three, which is David Johnson, Fournette or Le'Veon Bell. Um, probably Johnson or Bell would be my number ones. Or what do you think, dude? Because I remember we talked about it at the beginning of the year. My wide receiver situation, dude. So I have Tyler Lockett and Tyler Boyd. The both, you know, both Tylers who have actually been better than I thought they would be, dude. But it's nothing for sure. You know what I'm saying? So if I could get an elite wide receiver, bro, I would trade one of those big three and then get another decent running back uh, back really quick. I have a question for you. Would you trade? I got this offer two weeks ago, okay? Would you have traded Leonard Fournette for Matt Breida and George Kittle. Oh man. Okay. So Kittle is would be a huge advantage for the mm-hmm. tight end position for you. Um, the way Tevin Coleman's been playing lately, it makes that uh, seem like a good, uh, good no call there um, because Matt Breida's been kind of been playing second fiddle, and even though he broke off that big run against Cleveland a couple weeks ago. 
Uh, it's been Tevin Coleman's backfield, and he's just kind of like the thirty percenter, forty percenter. So I don't know. I would, I would. Um, uh, tough, yeah, right? That's tough. Yeah, tough, yeah. Dude. It was right there. Okay, so we'll talk about that that's a little a close bit moving forward. Yeah, dude. Because I'll give you my reasoning, but yeah, those would be my two dudes in your league, tight end for sure. In my league, I could do tight end, but I would probably go wide receiver, bro. I would love an elite wide receiver. So what about you, dude? What are you looking at? You know, if you could trade for a position in either of our leagues, what would you be kind of be looking at? So in my league, um, the reason I was trying to get Evan Ingram, even though he would have been my third tight end because I already have Mark Andrews and Darren Waller, I was planning on sending one of those tight ends plus one of my receivers like a Mike Williams to um, that team hide and seek who's 0 and 6 right now mm-hmm. she just lost uh, Will Disley um, so I was like okay if I can get Ingram um, I'll send Waller and Mike Williams for Kenny Galladay you know sure up that uh, wide receiver two position and then I could roll with Kenny Galladay and Mike Evans the rest of the season at those spots but uh, you were ahead of me so I was like <laughs> I was like, uh, it was you, somebody else, and then me. And the one in the middle had George Kittle. So it's like, it's either Haido or myself that's getting him. So let's see what happens. <laughs> Dang, dude. So now, I see, I didn't even know all that. That's actually a big deal because you're totally Yeah, right. you were number you one on the waiver. Yeah, exactly. You would have for sure traded him, and you would have solidified your wide receiver position for basically nothing. So... Wow, good to, I mean, yeah. tough dude, right? <laughs> nice. That's not good to know, I guess, right? <laughs> right, uh, yeah, so uh, moving forward, I'll try and look to package maybe uh, a couple of my wide receivers for like a better one or something like that, kind of trade in depth for like a, a reliable starter every right. week now that we're getting on the other side of bye weeks, at least for where I'm concerned with McCaffrey, carry on and Mike Evans already with bye weeks concerned. So, and then in your league, I don't know, maybe a QB. I like Kyler Murray. He's been turning it up for me, and he's at a really soft spot in the schedule right now. But um, week 11, San Francisco. By week, week 13, Jalen Ramsey and the Rams are coming to town. Week 14, that uh, very improved Pittsburgh defense. 16 is Seattle. So he's got a tough uh, schedule you know, around where I'm making a push for the playoffs or if I make the playoffs, you know what I mean? Right, right. And, dude, he's been playing well. He, and also, I'm yeah, just he say, has been playing well. I like how you casually threw out there Jalen Ramsey and the Rams. Okay, <laughs> dog. Okay, I feel you, bro. Oh, man, we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. But um, with Kyler, dude, you're totally right. Like, he's been he, – I actually have him – Um, just, you know, in another league where Mahomes is my quarterback. And again, we'll get into that as oh, well. So, nice. yeah, yeah. So it's like a pretty good one. But you're right. You make a great point, dude. He's going to come up onto a tough part of the schedule with, um, you know, those division matchups, especially, I think. So we'll see, dude. We'll see if, if Kyler can actually keep it up and be a reliable starter instead of just playing matchups. You know what I'm saying? Right. So um, maybe they, maybe he is super reliable, like... They, they have a really good offense between the 20s right now, but they've been kicking a lot of field goals. So if they can get that solved by that uh, stretch of games, I think I might not need a QB. But with uh, Chubb and McCaffrey's bye week over next week, I won't really have any use for, like, say, David Montgomery. Um, you know, package him with, a, I don't know, with one of my wide receivers to try and get, like, a big-time QB and a running back back or something. Right. Just spitball right. in there. Um, so 
last last uh, little part about fantasy football. Do, do you look at trades differently? Let's say if you're six and one as compo- as compared to like four and three or three and four or something like that. For for example, do you look at um, trading for depth? Do you look at trading away depth for like uh, assuring starters or something like that? Yeah, no, that is a great question. And that's kind of why I held off on talking more about that trade that I was offered. So again, it was about two weeks ago and it was George Kittle, Matt Breida for who I have, Leonard Fournette. And dude, the, the reason I bring that up right now is because the the biggest reason I didn't accept the trade was actually, I felt it was going to improve my team. So I would get Kittle, a great tight end who I would start every week. And then, you know, Breida, as you said, Sometimes he's there, sometimes he's not, depends on Coleman. But my opponent, he said we had the same record at the time, same exact record. And I felt, Chris, that I was actually improving my team, but I was improving his team a little bit more because he already had a tight end that he was didn't care about. Or he wasn't going to care about losing Kittle, basically. So he was going to get Fournette for Matt Breida, in a sense. And so, the, again, the reason I bring this up is because I play a lot on records. So, you, so, again, even though I thought I was improving my team, I felt I was improving this guy's team a little bit more with us being in the exact same position, same record. I was like, dude, you know what? I'll just ride with my team. If I had a worse record, let's say I was, you know, a game or two behind him and I'm like, dude, I got to sell out. Let's do it. Like, let's go for it and see if I can improve my team. Whereas when you know in the positioning we're even keel we're competitive i'd rather ride with my team than be like trade and be pissed off because (laughs) i screwed it up do you know what i'm saying so that's kind of my mentality so to me it matters a lot where you are in the positioning dude because you know that's where the risk and reward kind of comes in and you say i gotta sell out and i gotta go for it or i'm good here and let's see how my team rides what about you does that does that make sense though the way that i kind of broke that down yeah, yeah, yeah. So it seems to me like he had someone like a Mark Andrews or a, um, a Austin Hooper or something, someone like that on the bench who's who's been doing really well, and that kind of makes Kittle expendable. It's, so yeah, I think yeah, exactly. Waller actually, bro, your boy, the Walrus. So he had okay. Waller so this and, was and a Kittle. different league then. It, it was it not? That was I believe it's it's Waller, um, my boy. Because I up. have Waller. Okay, well then in I'm your tripping. League. <laughs> um, give me one second then. It was definitely another. Well, While you if look it, it up. was for Kittle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You give us your strategy because I'll find it right now. Okay, so uh, while you do that, I'll say like if I'm six and one, and especially if I've got uh, a couple of key bye weeks out of the way, I'm going to trade a lot of depth to see if I can really shore up those starters because when, um, chances are you'll make the playoffs at six and one. So instead of trying to figure out who to start, who to sit in uh, the playoff contention, you have this one really good player instead of two good players. Uh, mm. I, I like that. I like that better. So, for example, like Mike Williams and Robbie Anderson, ship them off for like a Kenny Galladay. I don't know if that trade would be accepted or not, but <laughs> um, just well, that's hypothetically you would like. speaking. Yeah. Right. But if I'm like four and three or three and four, I might still sacrifice depth, but not not with the playoffs in mind, with the with the goal of like making it to the playoffs. So I might be looking at bye weeks a little bit differently, might be planning for them a little bit more, you know, trading depth for different depth or depth for like just selling out, like you said. So it's interesting. Gotcha. Plus, okay. Uh, I was gonna say plus 
since I'm a commissioner of one league and you're a commissioner of another league, it all there's also kind of that dynamic. If you agree with me here, like if you're looking for trades, you're like, okay, I gotta be a little more fair than I would normally, so that way people aren't like upset with me being the commissioner. <laughs> Talking smack, bro, thinking that you're like uh, <laughs> like cheating and setting it up, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Rigging it. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you feel like that too, but like when I look at trade offers, I'm like, okay, I could accept that, but then is this fair enough for the other guy? Exactly. No, I 100. Actually, that's a great point you make because obviously it's only one person per league that is the commish, and you're right, dude. It's like almost um, <laughs> you don't want to seem oh, well, yeah, these guys colluding to you know he's the commish right. who cut him <laughs> cut him in or I don't know, dude. But for sure, um, that's a really good point because. You want to make it as fair as possible. At the same time, though, some trades, if they're, you know, if they're willing to offer it, it's like, I don't know, I'm winning here, but what are you going to say? You know what I mean? It, it right, makes it a right. little bit interesting <laughs> to decide. That's a great point. And um, real quick, dude, actually, it looks, I'm not sure who else it's, um, <laughs> actually, great name. Got to give my boy, um, Nick, a shout out. Two girlies, one cup with uh, Todd We're a family show. Last, we're a family show, okay? Just want to say, very wise. And dude, I'm looking at his uh, team, and I only see Kittle. I don't know if he ended up trading. Did you? I after that, I guess not. But I only see Kittle, so I'm not sure. I know he had another um, solid tight end, so I'm really not too sure at this point. All I know is he was <laughs> trying to make that trade, and I was like, Nah, dude, I'm not about it. So that's why I'm saying there was definitely someone that uh, that he had. You know what I mean? So. Um, Anyway, I said no, and I don't know if I regret it or not, dude, because George Kittle is a really, really good tight end who I think is a pretty consistent start. So tough to, uh, you know, tough to have said no to that. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Well, um, you ready to get into the NFL review on week six? Oh, dude, let's do it. Let's see how we're doing, Chris, and then let's see who these who these best ballers of the week were, right? Let's get into it, brother. As well as the worst ones. Let's do it. <laughs> Always bringing us down. <laughs> no, I like that. I like that. Fortunately, six weeks of the NFL season have already went by. Um, it feels like it just started yesterday. But let's get into the what's been good uh, the last couple weeks. For example, Jalen Ramsey traded to the LA Rams two first-round picks and a fourth-round pick. Do you think that makes the Rams better, or do you think they overpaid, or what were your thoughts about that? Yeah, so uh, great, great pickup. I think there's no doubt about it. Now, the price that they paid, it's yeah. tough. I think, you know, you know. to be honest, um, in my opinion, it has to be um, evaluated at the end of the year, Chris, because it makes them so much better. They, The Rams pretty much added, you could say, the best cornerback um, in the NFL. So if it ends up, you know, um, returning with a Super Bowl win this year, which obviously we know they were there last year and they now just looked improved, I say it ends up being worth it. Now, if we look down the road two, three years from now and they never won even one Super Bowl and they kind of, you know, um, I guess what gambled on that future, Chris, because I think the Rams don't have a first round pick now for the next five drafts. Is that can you confirm that or is that something like that? I believe so. so go ahead. I was yeah. going to say, let, let me tweak that just a little bit. So Please. our last our last first round pick was Jared Goff in 2016. 
So we traded our first rounder in 2017 in that deal. We also traded our first rounder for Brandon Cooks last year. And then we traded our first rounder for uh, our next two for um, Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. So we, so by the time we have a first round draft, it'll be five consecutive. Gotcha. Had had a first round. Okay. I feel you. There you go. And so look, even, okay, that I think brings the picture even, you know, more complete is they're gambling these guys again, obviously the franchise to be a really good receiver in Cooks and now a franchise cornerback it could be and if they win the super bowl chris to me i say it was all worth it if they do not win a super bowl you say we tried it and we it failed man what do you think especially since this is your squad that's my opinion man it's going to be evaluated in the future what do you think i think it was a pretty hefty price for Mm. jalen ramsey i do agree that he is the best cornerback in the league it's just it's kind of you don't know how he's gonna fit in with that locker room. He's very outspoken. Um, we all know him from his like um, his nicknames and stuff that he gives to opposing wide receivers and opposing QBs, and how he's sitting out with the back injury in Jacksonville. And then once he was traded, he's fine. So we'll see how that goes. I I don't deny the talent, and it is a huge upgrade from uh, Marcus Peters, who we shipped to Baltimore um to him it's just a huge upgrade so we'll see um still need a lot of help on that offensive line i think that's our biggest weak link at the moment the reason why we went from three and oh to three and three but i think he will do nothing but help agreed and and one thing i want to say as well is uh props to the rams organization in my opinion um for going out there and trying to make move i mean these guys i i feel are doing everything in their power to win that Super Bowl, Chris. So that's one thing that I love is um, they're aggressive and they brought in, like we said, you know, earlier, guys like Clay Matthews. Obviously, you have Donald. Now you have the cornerback. They paid their quarterback and running back. So I just want to point that out that I think they're doing everything they can to bring one. If they don't, it's going to suck, dude. But I think as a fan, I would be happy to say I can see my team is trying to do what they can to win one right now. So let's go. Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I can appreciate that after 12 years of not mm-hmm. winning eight games or more that, you know, less need has been, you know, give Donald his money, give Gurley, Goff. Um, we went and traded for Cooks. We went and traded for Tlaib. We traded for Peters, traded him away, traded J- for Jalen Ramsey. We um, we went and signed Weddle. We signed Matthews. So it's not for lack of trying. I think I can... Uh, at the end of the day, I appreciate that the most. No matter there you what. go, dude. You just, sorry, you just so, rattled off almost a whole 11 out of the 22, bro. Both you know, right? So that's <laughs> going, dude. But yeah, sorry. Moving on, bro. Moving on. Yeah. Um, we have to talk about this before we get into our review. Uh, I guess it is part of our review, but it was from Thursday and not from week six. Patrick Mahomes went down in the second quarter of that Denver Broncos game. It looked like it was a very gruesome injury, but then um, people started sharing videos of what they were doing with his knee, and it looks like they popped it back into place. He went and took MRIs, and it looks like he was a dislocated kneecap, somewhat with his patella instead of a torn ACL. So he'll miss a couple weeks with that. Uh, Did they dodge a bullet right there, or did they not? Oh, man. They dodged 
the biggest bullet. I, I I thought it was crazy. I mean, obviously the MVP of the league as of now, right? Um, this teammate, dude, how you know they could just see like, oh my god, like we just messed up. You know what I mean? Like uh, you have Mahomes, yeah. I think you feel you could win literally any game anywhere. You lose Mahomes, and it's like, oh man, now we're we. <laughs> this is a different team. So, dude, what a huge, huge um. Kind of blessing, I guess, for uh, the Chiefs that they don't lose them, obviously, for the season. You will lose them, I would guess, for at least four games. They said that supposedly around three, but I think being safe and all right, would you say, is that what it's looking like? More or less um, a month that he'll be out? So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, go ahead. No, 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 go, go ahead, ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. Okay. No, no you no, go no, ahead. Hey. Um, so, <laughs> so they the next three games are Green Bay. Uh, Minnesota and the Titans. I think those three games for sure were both in agreement that he'll miss. And then after that, they'll have to play it by ear. They have the Chargers on Monday Night Football on November 18th. That'll be the date they're targeting. But if they don't bring him back that week, he gets the bye week after that. And then the Raiders in December. So he might also miss that Chargers game. So yeah, I think he'll miss four games. Be back exactly, and being that um, between that Monday night Chargers game and the Raiders, they have the bye week. Personally, dude, I especially it depends on these next two weeks. I mean, at Pat, I mean, versus the Packers and the Vikings, two very tough games. They end up losing both, they'll be at five and four. They could somehow be, they should be, I think, the Titans, dude. They'd be looking at six and four. I personally would not risk him, even if they end up being six and five, but then you get the extra week. Um, in between with the bye, I say it's realistic to expect him back for the Raiders. So what a huge, it's a big loss. It's going to affect them a lot. It might affect the AFC West in a big way, but it's really, really not as bad as, uh, you know, Kansas City thought right when he went down, dude. So we'll see how, how we move forward. Yeah. Yep, I agree. So I'll also say he comes back uh, for that December 1st game with the Raiders. Just after that, they're going to, if they are six and five, which is pretty realistic, that's a decent prediction right there. Um, I think they're going to have to really fight for a playoff spot, though, because they got the Raiders. They're going to Foxborough. They got Denver again. They're going to Soldier Field um, the weekend, like right before Christmas. And then uh, you, we all know how Chicago is at, in late December. And then they got the Chargers at the end. So, um, it is. They did dodge a bullet. I agree. So they're they're really gonna have to fight these next uh, nine games to try and make the playoffs. Now, all right, switching gears here from uh, a little bit of grim news there, hopefully, uh, but positive at the same time that he didn't tear his ACL. It'd been bad for football as well as the Chiefs. Let's go into our best teams of the league through six weeks. Haido, you want to start us start us off with who you think is the best team in the yes, league? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It has to be. Just through, through six, six weeks. weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so far, um, through six weeks, man, it has to be my first team. Without a doubt, you know, one of the two remaining undefeated teams in the NFL, the uh, <laughs> the New England Patriots, right? So they are 6-0, and oh, dude. As of now, you know, the reason, obviously, being on here, like I said, one of only two undefeated, they beat, the, this is where it's a little interesting to me. So they beat the Steelers, the Dolphins, the Jets, the Bills, the Redskins, and the Giants. Out of six wins, five of those teams will not make the playoffs. The, and the Bills are obviously battling. I don't think any of the other five. Obviously, you have the Dolphins, who are terrible, terrible. But 
they are number one in uh, in different categories, Chris, defensively. So number one um, in defensive yards per game. They're number two in sacks at 25. Number one in turnovers as well. So the Pats are on here, man. They're looking tough once again. The scary part to me is how good the defense looks. Granted, they haven't played the best teams. I'm with that. But a defense, we know it. Defense wins championships. If you can give Brady a chance to win every game, I think you're going to be right there, dude. So that's my number one. Who is your, uh, you know, first through these six weeks, one of the best teams in the league? So I also have the Patriots as my top three, but they aren't my number one for kind of the reasons you talked about how they played the Dolphins, the Jets without Mm -hmm. Sam Darnot, the Bills without Josh Allen for a quarter and a half, the Redskins without Case Keenum, and then the Giants without Evan Ingram, Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard, and others. There you go. (laughs) And others. Because the Giants dealt with like 80 million injuries. So, of course, um, they 6-0, and that's where, I, where they should be. They're dominating these teams. We'll see. I, I might be um, hinting at something in later in the show, but we'll see. My team, though, I'm going with the New Orleans Saints right now, the best team in the league. As much as it pains me to say that because um, we smacked them around in week two, we being the Rams. Uh, but since then... They went out to Seattle. They beat the Seahawks. They played Dallas. They beat Dallas. They played Tampa, who at that point was coming off like a crazy win against the Rams. Um, They beat Tampa, and then they shut down Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville, even though they were underdogs. So that right now they sit at 5-1. They're going into Chicago this weekend, winnable game. Then they got the Cardinals. After that, Drew Brees will be back. Falcons, Bucks, Panthers. You could be looking at the number one seed here for a second year in a row with the New Orleans Saints. Their defense is outstanding as well. I think um, that's kind of since the first two games where they're kind of last in a lot of things, especially to opposing quarterbacks. Since then, they've really righted the ship. And let's see here. They've given up. um, They're about middle of the pack now in the NFC. Um, which they were dead last after two weeks. So that that's my team right there, the uh, New Orleans Saints. And I know you had them as well. So uh, do you want to round out your top yeah, three? Yeah, for sure. And and I, like you said, have them as well. One thing I want to point out is that, you know, you didn't talk that, that much about is the fact that they're doing this right now without Drew Brees. So um, exactly. Not, not a props to Teddy Two Gloves, actually, dude, who has – done you know just enough to beat like yeah. you said some you good teams dude you know it's not like that's where the Patriots again six and all can't hate on them but um like you said dude, the Saints have beat some good teams Texans Seahawks Cowboys all should be battling for playoff um positioning and then you have the Jags who could be there and the Bucks who are also you know have, obviously they're still a division rival so I just want to point that out the Saints right. are looking good and they don't even have their starting quarterback so um, going to be interesting to see when he comes back if that you know what they look like even then so number three team I know this one this is kind of where we differ my third team through six weeks of being the best I'm going to go with the Packers so these um you know green bay packers have had some tough battles as well they're currently five and one they have beat the bears the vikings so back-to-back divisional rivals the broncos they did lose to philadelphia in that thursday night matchup 
but then they beat the Dallas Cowboys and the Detroit Lions. So again, I think four of those five wins, excluding the Broncos, um, all of those teams are going to be battling there for um, playoff positioning at the end. And man, they just, um, you know, the, the interesting part to me as well for the Packers has been that A-Rod really, it hasn't been, you know, the normal Packers that you expect A-Rod to just be obliterating defenses and playing well. Don't get me wrong, he's played well, but it's just more of a balanced attack now with Aaron Jones, who has, you know, 350 um, um, rushing yards so far with eight touchdowns. So, it, I mean, he's had a great start to the season. Of course, you have Devontae Adams. Hopefully, he comes back now, I believe, this week, healthy um, and and full, full force. But, yeah, man, so far, the Packers, considering who they beat, um, they are looking good. They're playing the Raiders this week, and then they, they're going to play the Chiefs and the Chargers, who I think are both winnable, considering that Pat Mahomes is out. So technically, dude, I wouldn't be shocked if they're about 8-1 and one after those three games. Um, so for those reasons, I'm with the Pack. What about you? Like I said, I know we differed here, so who was your third team? My third team is the second undefeated team, one of only two teams in the NFL, and that's the San Francisco 49ers. So I've been kind of skeptical on them all year. I'm like, okay, we'll see, we'll see. First game, Tampa, they forced Seamus Winston to throw a bazillion turnovers. Uh, okay, it's fine. That's James. <laughs> I was going to say, dude, um, I was going to be honest. I had some props, <laughs> but uh, it could happen anytime. Yeah. And then they go to the, they go to Cincinnati at that time. It, it's just 0-1 versus 1-0. They smack them around. I'm like, okay, I don't think Cincinnati's any good. We'll see what they do next week. They play the Steelers. They have probably their worst game of the season. They commit five turnovers, and they still win the game. I'm like, all right, you know what? It's no problem. It's the Steelers. They go, um, they face Cleveland, and they just smack them in the mouth. Um, Nick Bosa's over there planting the flag on Baker Mayfield after each time he sacks him. Um, and that that's that's what kind of opened my eyes. And then last week, just dismantling my team, the LA Rams. Um, they absolutely shut us down on defense. They're often their running game's good. They have uh, good weapons in the passing game. They have that X factor in George Kittle. I just think the Niners are the real deal this year. Um, and it starts with defense, like you said. Defense wins championships. I think between the Niners and the Bills, those two teams are the true best defenses in the league. I'm throwing shade at New England here. Yes, that's intentional. But <laughs> I think the Niners, that's like their front seven is so scary with Bosa and Buckner and um, they have Kawan Alexander and, you know, they still have Richard Sherman back there shutting people down. It's crazy. I, that The Niners are my third. I like that. I like that one a lot, actually, Chris. And that was my, uh, the tough part for me um, for, you know, picking the, the Packers over the Niners, dude, is I feel they still haven't uh, been as tested, the Niners. You know what I'm saying? Like the teams, like you mentioned, dude, so Bucks. Bengals, Steelers, and Browns, to me, aside from the Rams, who they just beat this week and they beat them pretty convincingly, that was the difference for me. I want to see how these Niners compare going into that tough stretch. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, probably starting on November 11th, dude, they go Seahawks, Cardinals, Packers, Ravens, Saints, Falcons kind of week, and then Rams and Seahawks, dude. That's when I'm going to find out. Are these Niners legit or is it going to be, you know, they, they are a good team, but they just beat some pretty weak teams on the way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get what you're saying. I just, I want to counter with of one course. point. So if, I, 
If I told you the Patriots were 5-0 and playing the Bucks, Bengals, Steelers, Browns, and Rams, would you put them in your top Well, that's a, that's a really good question, and that's a, <laughs> a phrase perfectly. And I think that's where, I mean, the honest answer has to be, um, you know, their trajectory and where they've come from, where you can say the Pats, even if they're 5-0 and against weak teams, chances are, dude, they're going to be there at the end, where... The Niners, when was the last time, right? It was probably like 2012, was it? When when they had, um, yep, when they lost in the NFC. Exactly, yeah, dude. So, um, that's the, you know, that would be the difference. They probably would still be there um, because we know who the Patriots are. Whereas the Niners, again, they're coming out of nowhere. What were they last? They won, I think, four games last year. And now they're, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, that's the only difference I wanted to point out is that schedule to me hasn't yet tested them the way that a Super Bowl contending team can prove yet. Can they be? I'm sure they can, but they just haven't been able to prove it yet because of the competition. That's fair. That's fair. I can uh, I can compromise on that as well. I'm just, I just uh, had to throw that out there because the Patriots had probably had a worse schedule, but then again, they are the Patriots. <laughs> you're right. And you're right. And great, great. You phrased that perfectly, by the way, too, bro. So I like that. <laughs> Um, okay, so from the best to the worst, are you sensing a theme here? Uh, we got the three worst teams in the league. We're both in agreement on each of these teams. So if you don't mind, I'll start us off here. Um, I got to go with the Miami Dolphins as the worst team in the league. Uh, it doesn't It goes. Uh, doesn't really need too much explaining. I mean, uh, they just lost to the Redskins. They're what, 0-5 now. Um, but the main reason I think um, they are losing all of these games is because uh, they're being dumb with their quarterback, basically. They're like, hey, we'll start Ryan Fitzpatrick. Oh, he's, he had a tough first half. We're going we're gonna to throw Josh Rosen in there. Oh, he was tough. Uh, let's go back to Fitzpatrick. Nope, let's bench him for Rosen. Let's start Rosen this week. Oh, no, we're going to bench him at halftime for Fitzpatrick. How do you expect anyone to find any rhythm on that offense if you're just um, cycling through those two QBs like every 30 seconds? So I think they reap what they sow, and they are my worst team in the league, and they are the team that, in my opinion, is going to be drafting a QB with the first pick. I am 100% in agreement the... Miami Dolphins 0-5 have just looked terrible. So the the, the reason I uh, agree with you that they will have the number one overall pick and I do think they should uh, get a quarterback um, is because they lost this week. As we know, last week, I thought they would get their first W. I did pick them as the upset of the week against the second team on this list, the Washington Redskins. So the Redskins are 1-5. They're the second worst team, I believe, in the NFL. Well, it's close between the third one that we'll mention, but um, the Redskins and the reason why they're second and not the worst is because they did beat the Dolphins. Man, what a terrible game it was. I think the score was 17 to 16, if I'm not mistaken, but I believe Washington was up like 17 to zero, something like that. Um, And I think their situation is similar, Chris, with Keenum and Haskins. I know Keenum, obviously, they brought him over, you know, expecting him to be the guy, Colt McCoy, has gotten some run as well. Um, Haskins, to me, is kind of... That's where I'm a little worried, actually. I thought Haskins would come in from um, Ohio State and look good, Chris. And he just has not. I know he hasn't gotten as much run, and you're right as well. 
when you don't get that consistent play, be it two, three, four weeks in a row, or you're playing kind of thinking same way as Miami. If I mess up in this, I get benched, which is what Fitz has kind of lived with, I feel, for a lot of his career. That changes the way (laughs) a player performs. You know what I mean? Like thinking instead of being for sure, nah, dude, like if I play like crap, maybe they play a little tentative, aren't as aggressive as they should be. For those reasons, man, these skins are in trouble. Again, they're one in five, and it's not looking to improve anytime soon. So, <laughs> number two, we're seeing Washington Redskins, Cowboys, rival. Who's our number three, Chris? Mention it. <laughs> uh, yeah, just with the Redskins, I just want to mention that their organization might be also be the worst in football as well. Um, they should have let Jay Gruden go mm-hmm. a long time ago. Um, so two uh, offensive coordinators that they've had in the last few years that they just let walk right out the door for Jake Gruden, Sean McVay of the Rams and Kyle Shanahan of the Niners. So I, uh, the Redskins have no one to blame but themselves for being in that situation. Finally, third team, we got to go with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, I think a lot of us saw it coming at the beginning of the year. They had, they have a terrible defense. Um, and then once they started losing offensive linemen in the regular season, or not the regular season, the preseason, that's when you kind of knew that it was going to be tough on the run game as well, which was going to make it tough on Andy Dalton. So it was kind of a snowball effect, you know what I mean? For sure. They, dude, they've had a lot of injuries. Yeah. And then including, of course, you know, like A.J. Green, let's say now. Drake right. K- Kirk Kirkpatrick is out. I mean, it's, it's, not looking, uh, it's not looking up at all. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, the one thing I'll mention about the Bengals is they should be able to turn it around next uh, next off season. Um, they're in better position than the Washington Redskins and the um, Miami Dolphins. Um, they'll have all their injured guys back. They'll have a top pick. Mixon uh, should be better next season with a healthy offensive line. And no matter what happens with Green, they can still go sign someone else to play with Tyler Boyd. That Auden Tate looks pretty good too, so we'll see. But those are our three worst teams of the league, and we're pretty much in agreement on the order as well. So you ready to get get into the fan favorite segment? Let's do it, Chris. Let's get into it. The best performers, and of course, like my boy Chris likes to mention, the worst. (laughs) Yep, the worst. Um, So... (laughs) So we're running a little long here on this segment, but uh, everyone listening just know that it's just it's an awesome segment. That's why. So you ready to get into the most awesome QBs? Let's of the do week? it, man. You know I start us off positive. Start us off with these best QBs of week six. Number one, Maddie Ice has not been mentioned too much in these top performers, but this week he had a good week. 30 for 36, 356 yards and four touchdowns. He did have an 80 QB rating, again, one from 1 to 100. So it was a good week for Matty Ice, which he hasn't had many of with only one victory up until now. Um, so number two, who we were kind of mentioning, Mr. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has been surprisingly, for me, a good fantasy player. He went 27 for 37 340 yards he added three touchdowns with a 90.3 qb rating and as well again in those fantasies he added 11 carries for 32 yards so kyler murray has been i think very fun to watch again the cardinals are only two three and that one draw but they did it it was maddie ice and kyler going uh back and forth this week they got the w at 34 to 33 against the falcons another good week for kyler murray and number three 
someone who for me is headed towards that MVP discussion at the end of the year, Mr. Russell Wilson. 23 for 33, 295 yards, two touchdowns, an 86.1 QB rating, and also nine rushes for 31 yards. So Russell Wilson seems to be doing it all, and they ended up coming back and beating the Browns 32 to 28 to start off five and one. So Chris, those three QBs, again, Murray and Matty Ice went at it back and forth, and then you have Mr. Wilson getting the W. What about, let's take it to the negative side, man. What do we got there? <laughs> just to throw in real quick, Russell Wilson also scored a touchdown. I just forgot to put that in the show doc, so I'll take blame for that one. He had nine carries, 31 yards, and a touchdown. I just want to make sure um, we're both kept honest here. I appreciate that, Chris. Uh, Everybody, so we'll... as you can see, I'm over here <laughs> trying to get stats, and, you know, they weren't accurate, so. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of not accurate, let's talk about Jameis Winston. <laughs> he was 30 for 54 for 400 yards. Not bad. He had one touchdown, but he had five interceptions and two fumbles. He was also sacked seven times. So it's just like Winston has the ball and it's an interception. Winston has the ball and it's an interception. Winston has the ball. Oh, he fumbled. No, he got it back. Next play. Oh, he fumbled again. Oh, they lost that one. Um, I had to start him in my family league fantasy football uh, for my fantasy football team because Josh Allen is on by and he with those turnovers he had negative 12 points um, thank goodness he had 400 yards otherwise that would have been not good <laughs> Dang. oh um, my god Jameis so he t- he totaled with 12 points, but, you know, negative 12. He could have had 24 if not for those inter- uh, multiple interceptions. Like, the Bucks didn't play that bad. They, you know, they bottled up McCaffrey, but Winston was probably Their best uh, player. Carolina's MVP. <laughs> there you go, dude. <laughs> All right, number two, Jared Goff, 13 for 24, 78 yards. That's Yeah, that's right. He passed for 78 yards in four quarters of an NFL football game. So he was averaging about 20 yards per quarter. He had four, he was sacked four times. He fumbled twice, and his QBR was 1.1. 1.1, guys. That's the uh, one to 100 rating. Zero to 100, I guess. <laughs> My God. And this isn't golf either. <laughs> it's not close exactly to zero wins. Wow. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was tough. I was uh, you know flipping back and forth because that. Uh, Cardinals Falcons game was on that one was a really good game and each time it's like Jared Goff's stat line was just not moving it was a rough game for the Rams offense in general number three so I had to include four here I had to give a shout out to both of these guys for getting benched you know public humiliation is part of it's part of what we do here (laughs) (laughs) yes it's the consequences of getting benched if you're an NFL quarterback so first Josh Rosen 15 for 25, 85 yards, two interceptions. He had a 2.8 QBR, so better than Goff, but still not by much. And then um, the the Dolphins are like, all right, let's start Fitzpatrick. And Fitzpatrick comes in and almost wins them the game. They're like, whew, we lost. That's all good. It's all good, guys. (laughs) Number four, Marcus Mariota. Seven for 18, 63 yards. Two interceptions. He actually had a 9.9 QBR. I don't know how that works. And three sacks. So 
He was also benched for Ryan Tannehill, uh, who is also starting next week. So shout out to Rosen and Mariota to round out my worst QBs. I like that. The, the, the last two both got benched. Damn, <laughs> tough. Chris is a savage, guys. Let's go to the positive, uh, you know, best running backs of week six. Starting off with Mr. Devontae Freeman. So 19 carries for 88 yards. That's a respectable 4.6 um, average yards per carry. But he also added three receptions for 30 yards and most importantly, two touchdowns. So as I mentioned, I did have him in one of my leagues and Devontae Freeman had a really good week. You can see there, obviously, the two touchdowns make a huge, huge difference. And he's finally starting to run the ball pretty well. Number two. Nick Chubb. This guy has had a good, good year. I know we, we mentioned him. I don't know if it was last week or the week before. This week, he had 20 carries for 122 yards. So 6.1 average yards per carry and two touchdowns along uh, with a long of 52 yards. And he also added five receptions for 17 yards. Again, the 17 yards wasn't that big of a difference. But you know that for fantasy, those five receptions can definitely end up changing a matchup. So Nick Chubb, even though these Browns aren't doing what we expected them to do um, at a two and four record, he's still performing. Um, and so he had a really good week. And number three, Mr. Chris Carson. So we have both the running back and the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks this week. 24 carries for 124 yards. So that's a 5.2 average. Added one touchdown, so um, that was good for fantasy purposes, and also four receptions for 35 yards. This is my back-to-back -back year, Chris, where I have um, Chris Carson on my team. Last year, I feel like he wasn't that big of a difference maker in the um, you know aerial game. He wasn't catching too many footballs. Now, adding those four or five per week is a big, big difference, and again, for 35 yards. So Chris Carson um, with a really good week to round out our top three running backs where are we at for the negative side for the dark side <laughs> <laughs> all right welcome to the dark side everyone this first um this first running back he's had 100 percent of his season in the dark side and that's melvin gordon eight carries for 18 yards that's a putrid 2.3 yards per carry he also had he had three receptions for 30 yards kind of uh tried to save his day for fantasy but for like for game purposes, he was bad. It, um, Eckler was bad that game. It was forcing Rivers to just launch it all game. It just, Melvin Gordon has not looked good since he's came back. Number two, Ronald Jones the second. I couldn't really decide between him and Peyton Barber. But I went with Ronald Jones because he ha he didn't have a reception. He didn't have a touchdown like uh, Peyton Barber did. And he went four carries for 10 yards. That's it. Four carries for 10 <laughs> That's yards. That's it, he says. <laughs> I mean, I guess he had a better day than Jameis Winston, though, even though he's averaging two yards a carry. Number three, Joe Mixon. It seems like he's every other week in, in the dark side. He had eight carries for 10 yards. Yes, that's right. That's 1.3 yards per carry. A long, so his longest run of the day was three yards, and then he had two receptions for twenty-three or twenty-nine yards. But it's it's just it was bad. The Ravens have been very susceptible to uh, running backs, and he had eight carries for ten yards. So that rounds out the dark side for the running. There you backs. go, there you go, and Mr. Mixon, dude. I think the saddest part of being on this dark side is that they're expected to have had such great years, right? So 
we'll see if they could turn it around, yeah. man. Um, now going to the best receivers of week six. <sighs> Number one, my I'm actually a little pissed about yeah. this, dude. I know you're pumped. Let me tell you, Chris, I actually didn't let you know in my one of my other leagues that is not yours or mine. I was five and zero. Okay, um, trying to start off six and zero. I benched Stefan Diggs for Mohamed Sanu. Okay, and I ended up losing. I ended up losing by forty three point one points. Stefan Diggs had forty three point five points. Chris. Okay, so this is why I'm pissed. I should have started him. Shout out to my boy Scotty Scotty with the W. Um, Stefan Diggs had seven receptions. 167 <laughs> yards and um yeah three touchdowns guys seven for 167 and he added three touchdowns on 11 targets he had a long of 62 i can't believe that i didn't start him what a week for mr Diggs. let's see if he can repeat number two terry f1 mclaren right the the, the mclaren over here i like that <laughs> Four receptions. That was uh, a courtesy of Chris, Mr. Mr. Championship of the nicknames. Um, so yes. four receptions for 100 yards and most importantly, two touchdowns. So the skins, that W that they got over the Dolphins, the first one of the year, was in big part due to Mr. F1 McLaren, right? So uh, what a great week. And number three, this one also pains me. Robbie Anderson hasn't had much of a season with the Jets and not at least as, as we kind of expected him. They were 0-4 and now they are 1-4 because Robbie Anderson had five receptions for 125 yards and a touchdown when, let's be clear, a long of 92. So 92 of the 125 yards were on one play. He smoked our secondary of the Cowboys and had a great week. So, Robbie Anderson, mad props. You were a huge reason why the Jets beat the Cowboys. And that right there rounds out our three best receivers for week six. So, yeah, uh, I think the person, the two people that are the most happy to see Sam um, Darnold Schwarzenegger back are Robbie Anderson and Lev Bell. <laughs> Sam Darnold Schwarzenegger was probably like, Get to the end zone now <laughs> when he was talking to Robbie. Darnold said this guy. Oh my god. He said it one time. Said, that one is a shout out to zone. the fantasy footballers. <laughs> Robbie, Robbie answered, bro, because that dude was out. Oh. Get to the end zone now. And he, and, yeah, and so he we'll listened. See. So there we go. <laughs> All right. N enough of that fun. Let's get back to the worst wide receivers of the week. I couldn't choose one of these guys, so I added the whole team. The LA Rams receivers were number one. They combined seven receptions for 35 yards. Um, not that bad of a day if it's just one person, but that was three. So Cooks had three receptions for 18 yards. Cup had four receptions for 17 yards. And Woods did not have a single reception. So that was just, you know, more evidence of how brutal the Rams had it last week. Number two, Tyler Boyd, three receptions for 10 yards. That was a tough day for everyone involved with the Cincinnati Bengals. They still kind of kept it close with the Ravens, which is kind of interesting. But um, Tyler Boyd absolutely has taken a backseat to Alden Tate since Alden Tate uh, burst onto the scene after John Ross's injury. We'll see if that kind of swings back now that the they're playing the Jags and the Jags don't have... Um, 
Uh, Jalen Ramsey. Sorry, I blanked for a second. Um, third, Juju Smith-Schuster. It's hard to really fault him. So I'll meet him in the middle. Um, he's got a third string undrafted QB throwing him the ball. That dude's kind of allergic to throwing more than five yards down the field, which is why James Conner had so many receptions. Um, but Juju Smith-Schuster only had one reception for seven yards, and he's uh, not entirely his fault, maybe 50-50 but, um, with his QB, but he's looking like a big-time bust for fantasy this year. Want to take it with the – yeah, go ahead with the best Definitely, title. and big-time bust, dude. I mean, it sucks for people that expected so much from him. He's just been – Pretty much the worst, <laughs> one of the worst picks of all year, man. So, um, finish up uh, yeah. week six, yeah, dude, tough. And again, I, I, it's not completely his fault, but it is what it is. Fantasy owners don't care. <laughs> um, best tight end of the week, <laughs> number one, will go with Austin Hooper. So, eight receptions on eight targets. What a week for 117 yards. That's a 14.6 yards per carry, a per catch per reception average, and Added a <laughs> touchdown. Right? I'm always getting confused on those tricks, but uh, <laughs> but, uh, uh Hooperman, that's for a tight end, you can't ask for much more than that. Again, the TD was a big difference because number two had a, a similar stat line George Kittle, eight receptions on eight targets for 103 yards, no touchdown. But again, what a great week for a tight end. Just Hooper was the best of the week. And number three, well, this might have been the best, Mr. Hunter Henry, who hasn't been on this list all that often because Mr. Philly Cheesesteak Rivers, I don't know what's going on with him. He's having a tough time, but uh, Hunter Henry had eight receptions for 100 yards on nine targets, and he did add two touchdowns. So for whoever started Henry, what a great pick for this week, and that rounds out our three best tight ends for week six. So I hadn't heard of the Philly Cheesesteak Rivers. That's pretty good. I got to give it to you on that one. I like that. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, not, uh, I'm not the nickname champ like yourself, but my boy, I've always liked Philly Cheesesteak. That's my boy. So we'll stick to that. Yeah. Um, Hunter Henry uh, first came back from uh, multiple week absence of injury. I picked him up in a lot of places and started him this week. It was big time, and then I went and traded him right after that game, maximized on his value because technically those leagues I picked him up and started him. I had Darren Waller on the bench on bye, so I, he was dispens- he was kind of dispensable, and then he had a monster that monster week, so it really worked out. There you go, dude. Hey, that, that's what I like about you, Chris. You're always on the money of trying to get value where, where it is, right? Because obviously we don't know if <laughs> yeah. he could suck again. I mean, he has 12 receptions on the year. But obviously, those two touchdowns were his first two. So it's like he he can ball out. Right now, we don't know, right? Right now, he could be this huge, huge star or he could really suck. And you're just taking advantage of that. So I love it. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, speaking of uh, not taking advantage of their situations, let's get into the worst tight ends of the week. So we got Vance McDonald, who's kind of suffering. Vance Dance, no thank you, McDonald. Uh, he's suffering with the same thing as Juju Smith-Schuster. He only had one reception for five yards. They're both going to be very grateful that Mason Rudolph will be back after the bye week. Number two, Jimmy Graham. He only had two receptions for 17 yards and only a 40% catch rate. That means he had five targets and he only got two of them. Which This was super disappointing too because... Um, Marquez Valdez-Scantling left that game. Geronimo Allison left that game. Devontae Adams was already not playing. 
Um, there was another guy, I forget his name, not Alan Lazard, he tore it up, but there's another guy who's like having footballs bounce off his face for interceptions. Um, but Jimmy Graham did not take advantage of that situation. Then finally, TJ Hawkinson, or should I say TJ Droppinson, he dropped another touchdown this week. He had uh, he only had four receptions for 21 yards, so it's whatever it's a whatever week. But it seems like he's been dropping one or two touchdowns every week that he's been playing. He's got a case of the dropsies. <laughs> TJ dropsies, <laughs> that guy's hurting. <laughs> All right, and that rounds out our NFL review for Week Six. We ran a little long, like I said, but there's a lot to talk about, especially with the Mahomes injury and the Jalen Ramsey trade. So, you ready to get into our final segment of uh, some predictions? Let's do it. Let's see who is going to be correct this week. Here we go. Our last segment of the day, our weekly pickup. So, this is where Chris and I go through each matchup of the week and say who we want to pick. As of now, the Thursday night football game has already gone down. So, the Chiefs visited the Broncos in Denver. They ended up winning 30-6. to As we mentioned, um, Pat Mahomes got the injury to his knee. He should be out for about a month or so. So that one's already there. Chris ended up picking the Broncos. I did go with the Chiefs. So mm. that right there, <laughs> he says, mm, tough start. That right there Baco. takes our uh, <laughs> season totals to 58 correct picks for myself and 52 correct picks for Chris, I also have to mention, I was salty last week, everyone. Chris said he picked the Bucks beating the Panthers, right? He picked it on the show. <laughs> I go and check on our, on um, you know, where we're doing it on ESPN on the weekly pick'em. And Chris picked the I Panthers. Explain. He picked the Panthers <laughs> on the app. I'm like, it said that we had the same score. I'm like, what the hell? This dude picks the other team? I don't know. What, what, please explain, Chris, because we're all curious. Uh, really quick. Um, my bad to the listeners. I, um, we were running through all of our picks, and on the show I said the Buccaneers, but before the show I had picked the, pa- or the Panthers, and it, it's on me to make sure my picks line up this week. So I have my picks already pulled up. <laughs> all right, there we go. It's all in the air, guys. We're good. So 58 to 52, even though the app says 58 to 53. All right, all right. So here we go. That's us <laughs> up until now. Now, Chris, go ahead and take us through week seven's matchups. So, yeah, like you said, we get ready to get the Thursday night game out of the way. Um, let's start with the... L.A. Rams going to Atlanta to take on the Falcons. The Rams are a three-point road favorite. Who you got in this Three-point road favorite. As much as, man, Atlanta, I'm just, I'm telling you, I'm down on them. I am going with the Rams, and I say they do cover that three-point spread on the road. What about you? I think this is a do-or-die game for the Rams season, and it could be a recipe to get right for the offense as Atlanta's ranked dead last in a lot of defensive categories. So, yeah, I'll go with the Rams as well and to cover. So, next we got the Miami Dolphins traveling up to Buffalo to take on the Bills. Uh, Buffalo is a 17-point favorite. The crazy thing about this is that the over-under is 39.5. So, that means if Buffalo is a 17-point favorite, Vegas is only expecting the Dolphins to score like 10 points. Yeah, that one's interesting. That the spread is what makes this one a little tough, but I am going with Buffalo to win, and I do think they will cover. The reason is because almost 
I, I'm not sure. I haven't looked up the stats, but I want to say almost every team that has played the Dolphins thus far has covered. So going Bills, going to whoop the Dolphins, especially at home. What about you? You're actually right, except for the Redskins did not cover, but that's the Washington Redskins. So, they don't <laughs> so really it's all good. <laughs> yeah, I'll go with the Bills as well. They'll cover the 17-point spread. I think Fitzpatrick might be benched by halftime again with the Bills defense, and we'll see Rosen for a half. It's going to be ugly for Miami. So uh, we got next up, we got the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars at 2-4, and four, traveling to Cincinnati to take on them 0-6 Bengals. The, ben- or the Jags are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Who you got in this one? Same thing, man. I think um, it's going to be – Pretty, I mean, a tough game, but I have to go with the road team here with the Jags. The Bengals are 0-6. They are a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I do think they cover. I'm looking at about a touchdown difference here. So, Jaguars cover on the road. Do you think the same? Yeah, I think the same as well. Jacksonville will cover on the road. Um, they should have no problem on this defense. And, yeah, seven to ten points sound good to me, too. Next up, we got the Minnesota Vikings at 4-2, traveling to Detroit to take on the anti-referee Lions at 2-2-1. The Minnesota Vikings are uh, two-point favorites. Who are you taking, the Vikings and the refs or the Lions? (laughs) This is a tough one, especially (laughs) if it is the Vikings and the refs, as it would look like it was last week with the Chiefs. And And the week before. Exactly, actually. Dude, the Lions, <laughs> I feel very bad because they've been very competitive yeah, and they've got a very different situation right now. But with that being said, it is only a two-point spread. I do think the Vikings will go into Detroit, get the W, and cover the spread. So three or more on the road, I'm going with Minnesota. What are you thinking here? I'll take Minnesota for the game as well, even though the Lions could be the better team here and it's in Detroit. You never know how those officials are going to officiate this next one. Um, but I'll take the Vikings, but I will not, I do not think they cover, which means it's going to be like a last second field goal to either win by one or Got two. Got it. Okay. That's yeah. It's going to be a very close in my opinion. Next up, we got the Oakland Raiders against the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay is a five point favorite at home. Is uh, this one's kind of interesting to me too? Yeah, this one's tough, and as we know, I think against the Raiders, especially when they play the Bears. Um, and I am picking someone a little uh, salty. Um, I am picking the Packers to win this game because they're gonna be at Lambeau Field, but I do not think that they cover, so it's gonna be a close, close battle. I think the Raiders will put up a good fight, they'll just lose by five points or less. So, Packers win, don't cover. What about you? I'm going with the Oakland Raiders, they're Continuing their assault on the NFC North with a win in Lambeau to go to four and two. Let's go Oakland. Next up, we got the Houston Texans um, traveling to Indianapolis to take on the Colts. They're both above five hundred. The Colts are a one point home favorite. This is essentially a pickup game. We got you. You want a good matchup? Four and two, three and two division rivals. I am gonna go. With the road team, I'm saying the Texans will go into Indy, get the W. Therefore, the spread does not matter. What about you? I, I'm i taking the Colts here. I'm taking the home team. Uh, but 
I think they would, I don't think it'll be a one point victory. It could be two or three. I'll take them um, at minus one. So it, it's a battle for the division, essentially, if the Colts lose their uh, game and a half back already. And if they win, they're uh, half game up. So it's a, it's a huge game. Uh, next up, we got an interesting matchup. The Arizona Cardinals are traveling to the Meadowlands to take on the New York Giants. The Giants are a three-point home favorite. Who you got in this? One? I will say that I originally had the Cardinals. I thought that they were going to come into you know uh, East Rutherford and get the W. But now that Saquon Barkley is back, I think he's going to come in and have a huge, huge game and change things up for Daniel Jones. Um, they are two and four, so they're still within striking distance, especially. Because the leaders are three and three in our division, so I'm going with the New York Giants, and I think they will cover the minus three spread. What about you? I'm going to take the Arizona Cardinals to defeat the New York Football Giants. Uh, it's going to be a shootout, in my opinion. With Barkley back, Evan Ingram back, they might have Shepard back. The Cardinals on the other side, they're firing on uh, a lot of cylinders right now on offense. They've won two in a row. They have momentum. They can get to 3-3-1, three, three, and one, and at that point, they could also be looking at the playoffs. So it's a big big game for both of these two teams. But I'll take the Cardinals. Um, next up, we got the San Francisco 49ers taking on the Washington Redskins in our nation's capital. San Francisco is a 10-point road favorite. Do you think they cover in this I one? I am going with the Niners to cover. 10 is right, right there. I'd say, yeah, about two touchdowns. I'm with it. So, Niners going to make these Reds 1-6. What about you? I agree. Uh, Niners, and then they cover as well. Their defensive line is going to uh, be a nightmare for Case Keenum all game long. So, give me the Niners. I'm also taking them in that uh, Eliminator Challenge, too. I'm staying away from the Bills because the Bills, uh, side note, are 40, the 45% of the challenge are picking the Bills. So there's like hundreds of thousands of people picking the Bills here. I want to avoid anything like that and take the Niners. <laughs> anything like that. <laughs> uh, which, like, if, if there's an upset there, even though I'm very confident the Bills are going to win, it's going to it benefits me more to uh, pick someone I also think I'm very confident in. Um, anyways, back to the uh, predictions. We got, let's see, where were we at here? The Chargers, the LA Chargers are taking on the Tennessee Titans led by Ryan Tannehill in Nashville. Tennessee is a 2.5 point home favorite. This one's interesting too. Who you this got? one is very interesting. I am actually going with the Chargers. I think the Chargers right now at two and four, this is it, man. If they end up losing here, they're probably done, especially if Oakland can get a win. I just don't see it. So I think this is just a big momentum game, big game for the team in general. So I'm going Chargers. Spread does not matter. What about you? I'm going to agree with you on that one. The Chargers uh, spread does not matter. I for some of the same reasons. Uh, their season's on the line here, especially with the with the little window opened up in the AFC West after what happened on Thursday. They can't afford a uh, loss to teams like this. They got um, to beat the Titans, and if they don't, their season's over, in my opinion. So I'm going to go with the Chargers. Next up, we got the New Orleans Saints marching in Soldier Field to take on the Chicago Bears. Chicago is a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. Who you got in this one? This one's interesting, Yeah, too. this is very tough. I was going back and forth on it. 
I'm going to go with the home team. That is the difference. If this was in New Orleans, I would go with New Orleans, but I'm going to go with the Bears. That defense is tough, um, and I do think they will cover. So I'm going four points or more. The Bears win the game. What about you? So I originally picked the Saints here. I'm looking at it right now. I promise. I promise I'm double-checking all my picks, everyone. Um, but with the Alvin Kamara news and the Jared Cook news, ugh. I'm, I'm still going to roll with the Saints. I'll still roll with the Saints to come into Soldier Field and get the W. Um, I'm not a believer in the Bears. And, you know, Michael Thomas might have a good good enough day that they win like 17-10 or something like that. Next up, we got the Baltimore Ravens going to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks are a three-point uh, are a three-point home favorite. Who you got? Another one? tough one, man. You got four and two traveling to five and one. Um, go with Seattle here. I think Seattle will win. I think they will cover as well, being that it's three points. So obviously a four, four more. So I go Seattle to cover against the Ravens. Do you do the same, or are you going with the road team? I'm going with the home team as well. Um, I think Seattle. It's not necessarily that I think Seattle's like a, the best. I just don't believe in the Ravens, especially on the road. So I'll take Seattle with, and they cover. So that brings us to Sunday night football. We got the Philadelphia Eagles traveling to Jerry's world to take on the Dallas Cowboys, both three and three. The winner is going to be leading the division. And with that being said, Dallas is a 2.5 point home favorite. Uh, you taking Dallas here? I'm, I'm assuming you are, but I, you know. Yeah, know. well, right now, dude, the way we're looking, it's tough. It's tough to pick the Cowboys, dude. 3-0, Super Bowl favorites, Dak deserves 40 mil. Fast forward <laughs> three weeks later, Dak doesn't even deserve 30. The Cowboys suck. This is it, Chris. It comes down to Sunday night football, 3-3. Three and three. I'm going with the Cowboys. I do think we cover two and a half. We're going to make a statement and say we've had a tough three weeks, but we are still the best team in this division. Forget Philly. I hate Philly. Let's go, Dallas. Where are you at? <laughs> oh, man. I, I sympathize with you. The Rams were 3-0 as well. Now they're 3-3. And, and they're like, Goff doesn't deserve his payday. Offensive line's terrible. Where is Gurley? Uh, it's it's a must-win game for both of our teams. Although I will say this. The uh, loss to the Jets isn't as bad as people think it is because, in my opinion, the Jets led with Sam Darno compared to the Jets with Luke Falk is like comparing Rob Lowe with DirecTV to Rob Lowe with Cable. So. <laughs> That's a big difference. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. But I think I'm taking the Eagles here. Um, yeah, I don't know. Jason Garrett's job is on the line like it's been for like the last 10 Jeez. years. Who knows what's going to happen? It's a, it's such a hard game. It's a toss-up, in my opinion. And that leads us to Monday Night Football. We got the New England Patriots going into the Meadowlands to take on the New York Jets. Uh, New England is a 10-point road favorite. Who you got in this one? Well, with the Jets and their quarterback back, they're a different team, as you just mentioned. But I still think the Patriots have to go in there. They will get the win. And this was a tough one, but I think they cover. So if it was a closer to maybe 14, I think two touchdowns would be tougher. But I'm going to go with 10. So Patriots go into New York and get the W and cover. What do you think? Here's my bold prediction of the week. I'm taking the New York football Jets to take down New England. I think 
New England kind of needs uh, every year they have one of those games where they kind of come down to life or come down to earth, I should say, against like a team that they should have beaten. And then people will start questioning the Patriots and then they'll you know immediately turn it around. But I, I'm calling my shot here on Sam Darno and Robbie and- Anderson. Get to the end zone now. <laughs> so, that... so you're going with the, uh, our, the Darnold Schwarzenegger is going to be calling him out on, on Monday night, bro? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's bold, but um, the Patriots, this is probably their toughest offense that they've faced yet with Darno back, Robbie, Lesville, Chris Herndon might be back. We'll see. Um, so locks of the week, who is your lock of the week? Lock of the week, I guess I'm like a, a lot of America. I'm going with the Bills over the Dolphins. This one seems to me the most sure bet. Um, you know, haven't picked them in, in the week we pick them just yet. So got to go with the Bills over Miami. What about you? So my lock of the week is the San Francisco 49ers to take down the Redskins by 10 or more points. Um, I picked them in that eliminator challenge as well. I got to keep the streak going. So, upset of the week. Who's your upset of the week? Upset of the week, dude. To me, it has to be the LA Chargers going to Tennessee. Um, They are, as we mentioned, playing for their season. They're a a two-and-a-half-point underdog. So, my upset goes to the Chargers. They get it done this week. And I think Gordon has a pretty good week to start getting some momentum going. What about you? I gotta, I gotta stay with the Jets as my upset of the week. This would, this is probably if you were to like go bet this game, it would probably get you like three to one to your money. And in reality, if Sam Darnell was here all year for the Jets, it would probably be like one and a half to two to one on your money. Yeah, you know what I mean, so for sure, the odds are a little inflated here. Uh, but anyways, so we'll see how we do. I promise, like I said, I double checked all of my picks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> And uh, you ready to close out the show? Yeah, let's do it, Chris. And real quick, just want to mention, as we, um, as I always like to, we have six different picks this week. So, again, could make, um, you know, either a widen our gap or get us closer together. So, just wanted to mention that. But let's go ahead, close this thing out, and everybody stick around for another three minutes or so so we can give you the scoop on what's up next episode. So this wraps up another episode of the Small Scoop of Sports podcast. This was episode 13. Remember, every odd episode that we're doing is NFL only. So hopefully you enjoyed your NFL-flavored scoop of sports this week. Um, I am your co-host, Chris Molina. You can find me on Twitter at ChrisMo2413. Uh, you can also find this show at Small Scoop Sports. Um, yeah, thank you again for listening. And uh, Haido, you ready to preview episode 14? Yep, episode 14. As you just mentioned, our odd ones are football. And now our even ones are always something different. For um, episode 14, we're going to start off with visiting that October baseball octagon, as my boy Chris <laughs> likes to mix them both through. And it's going to be an exciting one, one way or another. As we stand right now, tonight is game six of the Yankees and the Astros in Houston. Nervous. So we're going to be talking about that one way or another. By the time we 
record episode 14 we, we the the series will have ended so it's either gonna go to seven it ends at six whatever happens we will update you guys but make sure i mean you watch it's gonna be very very exciting um in addition to baseball we're gonna get into um an nba segment so the season the nba season is upon us this next week game one starts some different previews talk about different teams of course got to speak about the lakers so that's going to be very exciting and we will have a guest on to talk about their opinion of the season as well so that's going to add even more um, excitement to that segment and of course we're going to continue our nostalgia with 90s nostalgia focused on nfl so chris and i are going to discuss who are the best players who were the champions and ultimately who we believe was the best team in the NFL in the 1990s. So it's going to be a lot of excitement and it's going to be a really, really fun show. Yep, I agree. Hopefully this um, in the 90s, we can come to a consensus uh, with the NFL's best team. Because remember, we did have a split decision in the 80s. So therefore, we're going to take both of those teams in our final bracket for the NFL, um, which um, if you haven't, uh, you don't know what we're talking about. We picked two. We couldn't decide basically between two teams um, in the '80s. Go back and listen to that episode. We I have it labeled, and then um, we'll talk about the '90s next week. So, Heido, uh, you want to give let the listeners know where they can find you? Yeah. So on Twitter, guys, you can find me at jgut1010, and of course, Chris already mentioned, but I just want to repeat at Small Scoop Sport. Wherever that is where you can find us on Facebook and on Twitter. And thank you again for listening to another episode with Chris and I. We really appreciate it. So, Chris, let the listeners know what they can do to help out the pod to finish up this episode. So, like we like we say every week, we very much appreciate all of our um, avid listeners. It seems like we have a solid audience of people who listen to each show. But if you can do us just a huge favor, if you are either on Facebook or Twitter, I might be actually getting some Instagram stuff together soon. Um, If you could just share our episode links. That's all we ask. Share our episode link for your friends. Maybe a few of them will enjoy it as well. And then uh, we'll give you a shout out on the show. So uh, for Haido and myself, this is Chris signing off now. Peace out, everybody. See you next episode.